All right, before we hop into this episode with my guy, Cam Van, I gotta give a special shout out to Dr. Paul Hughes Orthopedics. For all you Bay Area folks out there, Dr. Hughes specializes in sports medicine diagnosis and treatments at a San Mateo, California practice. Dr. Hughes offers a variety of non-surgical solutions for sports-related injuries, including stem cell therapy. Dr. Hughes is working with the big guys, right? The Giants, 49ers, track athletes like Cam. I mean, the guy is certified. If you're interested in scheduling a consultation online or by phone, you can call 650-343-5600. 33orthopedicsurgeries.com. Some of you could use Dr. Hughes in your life. All right, let's get into the episode. My name's Noah Lack, and your favorite athletes know a lot more about business than you think. Welcome to Athletes and Assets. Who told you bad man don't dance? Who told you gangsters don't dance? Even with a weapon, my hip hop dance. Bad man taking over, sip and dance. Two left feet don't trip and Okay, let's go. I'm joined by my guy Cam Van, professional track and field athlete, long jumper, also has a JD and is the founder of Curo. Uh, Cam, thanks so much for joining me today. But uh, you know what I do is we go into it, we skip the small talk. That's right. Are you aware that you're in rare air with the Chris Pauls and Paul Georges of the world? What do you mean? You have uh, oh, two, two cool first, two two cool first, first days. days. <laughs> you have two cool first days, okay? Yeah, Cam yeah. Van. That's right. You're uh, you're you're in Ray Air, man. I never heard that before, no. It's an interesting episode because I've had guests on before that had JDs. Mm. Um but it'll be really interesting to hear from your perspective, uh your journey uh getting this and and also you jumping in into startup world. Doing the the long jump in, in college and and you're still, you know, actively doing this professionally while building a company. Why are you this crazy? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I thought I was gonna just kind of coast and just, I coast and be, you know, working a law firm, but like last Olympics when I was trying to make the, the team, would go up to people and, I, and you know, they had like the Olympic tattoos on their arms and stuff. And I'd be like, hey man, I'm trying to be like you. Like, so how are you, yeah. yeah, you get those tats. And also like, how, like you know, how, how can I be successful? How can I make money like you're making? And I remember this, this man looked me in my eye and he was like, what money? You know, he was like, I'm not making money. Like, you know, I, I pay for these shoes, all that yeah. type of stuff, right? I paid to fly here all on, on his own. And you know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna out him or anything, but like, you know, like, I heard that story many, many times from different type of international athletes, all, you know, high level, high caliber track and field athletes who I was trying to be like. And I was like, they're, you know, if they're not going to make any money, they, they're at the pinnacle, you know, to, to make the Olympic team, you have to be top three in the nation. Yeah. Um, to do that and then not be able to monetize it, it just seemed like a shame to me. Yeah. Right. And I've, I've seen a tr this trend with a lot of um, individual sport, like sports that are, you know, not necessarily team sports, whether mm -hmm. it's golf, tennis, uh, snowboarding, skiing, track, it's sort of a eat what you kill thing, right? So basically you don't win the meets, like you're not, you know, yeah. getting, putting money in, but at the same time, you are elite athletes and mm -hmm. like, you're right there. Like you, you could. Right. Uh, but I think what I noticed that encourages athletes like you to to brush up on your shit outside of the, the, the track. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just a shame. Like, you know, I know people who, um, you know, that competed for Team USA come back home and can't pay for, um, they, no, they live in Louisiana and they can't pay for their AC, right? Things like that. Like, I know people on food stamps openly, um, you know, like it, it's, a, it's a shame. And they've represented, you know, the stars and stripes, you know, they're the best of the best. And, you know, Team USA is a donation based or, um, organization you're right so it's not tax-based okay and so they they just have a set set amount of money given to them by you know their donors shout out to the donors thank you 
the, I think the average stipend is $1,200 a month, mm-hmm. right? For a team USA athlete. And, you know, some places that that could cover rent, but at least not in San Francisco, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, like, there are just so many of those stories. And I just heard them back to back to back. And, you know, I was like, man, someone should do something about this. And I said that too many times. And I was like, maybe I'll try. Yeah. And so that's, that's how we, um, that's how I came up with, you know, that's where the inspiration for Coral comes from. And then, uh, you know, I started ideating, talking to people, seeing if it was something that people would be interested in and got yeses. And then so sure. found a team and that's where we are now. Absolutely. And, and uh, we're definitely going to jump into that. Sure. Uh, with track and field, mm-hmm. you know, the first option, you know, the first logical path to make money is, okay, aside from winning the, the your event, right? like big social media profile, yeah. get a sponsorship deal, like you're a walking billboard. Okay, cool. But not everyone goes that, or not everyone has that platform, or not everyone wants to really be pushing that social media brand. It's true. A lot of people do. That's awesome. But I don't blame people either way. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So that, let's say that option's off the table. Okay, what's next? Um, and you, you know, you made the decision to, you know, pursue your JD. Can you talk about that that process of yeah. So I knew knowing that I wanted to be a lawyer as long as I like wanted things. Like when I was a, when I was a kid, I read a book um, by uh, I think it was an autobiography by um, Thurgood Marshall, who is uh, like the first black. Supreme Court Justice. He's also the um, attorney on Brown versus Board of Education at like desegregated schools. Big name guy. Yeah. So inspired at like three that, or not three, like third grade that I um, was like, that's who I want to be. And my parents were like, you sure you don't want to like be something more fun, you know? And, and I was like, no, that's what I want. Um, you know, I was like a, I was a Supreme Court Justice for Halloween, just a nerd, right? Yeah. And um, and so ever since, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And so even in undergrad, like, you know, I just saw it as a pretext for law school, and I went straight through. And the way that I got back into track, because, you know, after four years, you're done, right, in the NCAA. Right. And, like, unless you are, like, you know, contending for a Team USA team, like, there's no money in track. So I just didn't think that I could continue doing it. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of us just stopped. And so I went back to school, right? Go to law school. Um, and then the pandemic hit on, in my 3L year, my third year. Okay. So, like, come March, basically, like, you know, everything shut down, of course, right? And so uh, I was studying for the bar, like, going to take the bar that summer. You know, I used to hoop a lot. I used to lift a lot. I still, like, you know, like to be active right. as an athlete. And, like, the only thing I could do was go back to the track. Right. That was the only way that I could exercise other than, sure. like, you know, like prison workouts at home. Yeah. <laughs> Push ups. Exactly. Ups. Right. And I was like, let me let me go back to the track. And so I started training with, with some homies um, and then I, I got like some pretty long jumps. And I was like, hold on, that's that's pretty close to an Olympic qualifier. Like, yeah. And I haven't even really been training seriously. So I was like, well, yeah. why don't I why don't I get more serious about it and try it? And I got into some big meets and I got close. Um, and that's sort of how I got back into it, just sort of by. um a little bit of necessity. I thought I would have gone a little crazy studying for the bar because the bar is like nine hours a day of studying. No, it's, I've heard it's brutal. Right? Yeah. yeah. And like you got to do something where you're going to lose your mind, at least for me. Sure. So. Sure. And I mean, obviously picking up a hobby while studying for the bar is probably the greatest thing possible for your mental health. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is it about the bar outside of just the sheer quantity of time spent studying for it? Like what what yeah what could you share that like it's is good, underrated in terms of like getting ready for it it's a good question so the bar is supposed to be 10 weeks of study about nine hours a day or so depending on what your bar prep is and it's um 17 subjects uh so imagine you know like being a master ish of 17 subjects in 10 weeks like usually uh uh semester is 17 weeks right um and so like you know like it, it's 
uh, that's a little bit of the challenge. Um, but you know, it's, it's not siloed, right? Like just one such kind of time, because you have to be able to pull from each to, you just read a fact pattern that says, you know, like some criminal did something in some way. And then like, you know, there's also some land disputes issues or whatever. And you have to pull from all those basically from the dome. Right. Um, and sort of in a, in a time crunch area, cause you could really only spend 60 minutes on each. Um, and, uh, I guess another challenge is really just to consistency. Yeah. Because, because for me, I, I love the fact that I, like all I had to do was study like every day, the same amount and I'd get it because at 65% is a pass in California. Okay. But California is also the hardest to pass. Okay. Right. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, I didn't know that. It's, yeah, that's yeah. good stuff. It, it, it's, Why is it the hardest to pass in California? Um, because you don't have to go to law school to become a lawyer in California. That's so um, to people who can't afford it, right? They do apprenticeships, um, which is actually how the law the law field started is apprenticeships. Uh-huh. Not, um, but, you know, they made law schools for people who didn't know lawyers. Yeah. Right. Um, and then uh, also inmates can become attorneys, too. Right. Got it. And so, so uh, say, look. You don't have to go to law school, but you better know your stuff. But you better know <laughs> you it. You better know right? your stuff. Exactly. And for, for that reason, actually, California has like no reciprocity. So I can't go anywhere else and practice law. Hmm. Like okay. where other states, there's like a com- common common bar of like 33 um, states are all attached to. But yeah. anyways, um, like the challenge, I think, is just the consistency of working every day. For sure. Um, which like as an athlete, that's like, oh, that's easy. Yeah, you know? yeah for sure. Um, and, you know, on this journey, obviously... When everyone goes to law school, obviously mm-hmm. they have intentions of being a lawyer, but right. I see so many cases where people have been, you know, branch off and, and do their own thing. Sure. Well, obviously, it doesn't hurt to know, you know, the, the legalities of an, another bit or industry and, and just being knowledgeable, period. But we're we're going to uh, dive into what you're building now and oh, yeah. love to hear how your law degree helped. But you're building yeah. Kiro. Um, and what I like to do here mm-hmm. is, is rapid fire. So let's I'm going to give you a couple questions about Kiro before we, you know go deeper into it and uh, let's just like knock it out boom 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 sure uh so the name of your startup is curo uh what do you guys do so we're an ai powered marketplace that helps athletes monetize their training and insights when did you start the company i started working on it in 2021 like i was saying like that olympic year but uh we released our product this year in january how big of a market do you think uh your company's playing in so total, I think um, the total addressable market is about $14 billion. And then, you know, there's a smaller section, of course, sample addressable, salmon, salmon, that type of stuff, right? Like that one is, is $7 billion. And then like the, the smallest one is about 700. That's, that's, that's the market that we're playing in, like where like athletes are creating content, the creator economy. Uh, are you pre-revenue or, or uh, post-revenue? Yeah, we have revenue. Um, we, have paying, we have paying customers. We have like 100, I didn't count this morning, but it's like 185-ish users. Okay. Um, we have like I think it's 14, 15 paying customers. Okay. Um, at least as of like a few days ago when I checked. Um, and on average they pay about I think it's like twelve dollars. And have you raised any outside capital so far? Or? No, no, no outside capital. Bootstrap. Yeah, straight up bootstrap. We were an accelerator actually, and we um, which one? Uh, UC Launch. UC uh, Launch. UC Launch. Yeah, it's in it's it's out of Berkeley. Okay. Um, if you went to a UC school, you can go to, and I went to UC Davis. Shout out, go Aggies. Okay. Um, and so we so I was able to go, and um, we got second place in the pitch competition after that, and so we got fifteen k. So that's. Got that's it. All so that's got. all the outside money taken. Yeah. Really cool, man. Well, 
What problem do you, did you feel like you were, you were trying to solve? Kind of like I, like we were talking about earlier, the problem of like the starving elite athlete, right? Like there's there's all these elite athletes and there's more every year, right? Because yeah. there's always another opportunity to be elite um, every year. But uh, they either stop because they can't afford it uh, or they don't see any money in, it in the future for them. So they, they, have, they go somewhere else. All the while, when I was in high school, I didn't have a jumps coach. So I'm a jumper, a long jumper, a triple jumper too sometimes. Um, I didn't have a jumps coach. Like at my school, we had a, we had, you know, sprints coaches, long distance coaches. And even that was like, you know, maybe not as, as good as other schools, but we didn't have a long jump coach. And so what I did is I used YouTube and I learned from YouTube. Um, and I tried to copy and paste what I saw the Olympians doing. You're right. So but, you learned your techniques and stuff on YouTube. I, I initially, yeah. Yeah. And later I got some coaches like yeah. in college and stuff, but, um, but yeah, like I, I didn't really have that coach. And so I learned from YouTube and I was like, man, like I wish I would love for them to talk back to me. Do a lot of high school programs across the country, do they not have a proper track and field staff? Yes. Yeah. Um, so I can tell you, I'm a, I'm a assistant or what is it called? Like a, a volunteer coach at Hillsdale high school in San Mateo, just cause that's like down the street from my parents. Okay. Um, and I was training there and they asked me if I would. Sure. And, um, so I'm the jumps coach for them now and I got 22 PRs. Um, one kid went to like a regional, it's called CCS. Um, and it was his first year doing all this stuff. And, you know, but for like, I, I taught them just simple stuff. I didn't really get into the weeds too much. I'm just teaching them simple stuff to get like, you know, the big macro things it made a huge difference. This kid's trying to go to college for it now. Yeah. Right. And, you know, like San Mateo's pretty affluent and they don't have, uh, you know, a, a jumps coach. That's it. it that's crazy. So, uh, so basically it's like if we had more cams across the country, like track and field athletes would, would improve surmountable and could actually provide opportunities for them to take their, you know, abilities to the next level. For sure. The issue is there's not that human know-how and capital mm -hmm. in these programs. And so you're filling that void with your right. platform. Yeah. The issue is that there's not that there's not that human capital because it's like it takes a lot for me. I only go once a week, right? I only go on Thursdays because I'm training on the other days and I'm like I carve out that day for them. But most athletes can't really do that because they have like another side job that they have to do as well. Yeah. And so um they don't have time to really give back to the community. So the community there's just like knowledge death. Right. Um, and and that's like that's the issue, basically. So, you what, know, what other sports? What other sports? Is, is this having other sports, too? Yeah. So so track's easy because, like, you know, that's like there's not there's almost no money in track unless you're like, you know, basically number one. But, yeah. you know, like um, like swimming, biking, you know, like a, so, some technical sports, too. Like even I was just talking to a guy um, boxing as well. Hmm. Um, yeah, really? right. Yeah. He was saying that like, if you can't get into a gym, if like you, if you don't know the right people, you know, like you're not training the right way, you won't get into the right fights, like all this type of stuff. You might be training with somebody who's hitting you too hard and you kind of like go into a fight and your head's all, all, uh, yeah. your, your bell is already rung, right? Yeah. And then you have a soft chin. But anyway, he's telling me all this stuff, um, which I never thought about, but track is one, the reason we focus on it is because I'm a pro track athlete. But two, it's because, um, you know, like the lack of money is so clear, right? And the lack of opportunity is so clear because there's no league for it, right? There's a, there's a diamond league, which is in Europe, which um, it's like they cut up the meets. So it's only two hours. So usually meets is about 10 hours, like 30, 38 events. They cut up the meet and they have like eight events or something. And not every, not every meet will have the long jump, right? And so like you have to be... You know, basically top five in the world to go to that thing. Yeah. To be in the to be in the league, which is it's just 
it's, hard. So basically, you're, yeah. so basically you're, um, it feels like a lot of individual sports. All right. Could be. Um, yeah, yeah. That's what we're focusing on. Okay. And mm-hmm. how many? So, so to me, it's like it's it's a marketplace, right? Where you have mm-hmm. your your supply of teachers, and hopefully the demand of people wanting to learn. Exactly. What are so, what are some other sports that can sure. you like? Can you like list off the sports that that we have right yeah. now? So we have track and field, of course. We have triathlon. We have swimming. We have biking. We have strength and conditioning. We have some yoga. We have um, athletic trainers. So that's a little bit more amorphous ideally everything yeah right um and those are those are the people we have right now i can think off the top of my head and most of your users currently mm-hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna push i gotta i wanna you yeah, know yeah. get into this like most of your users uh what what are the is it mostly people is it track and field still mostly or? yeah okay. yeah mostly track and field um or swimming are our users um, okay that's because those are the like top tier athletes so, that we have wait so if i'm a swimmer and i'm trying to get like my my freestyle right sure am i watching am i going to the pool having my phone right outside the pool watch something and like dive in mm-hmm. and do it or like that's that a great question work? yeah so we we have this guy um alexi Averchenko. he's on team usa for the triathlon but he he was like an all-american swimmer and coach and uh and so he he has a bunch of exercises that you could do at home that you could do in the pool um he, he records himself in the water I don't know how he does it, actually. Yeah, he must have an underwater camera. Yeah, okay, uh, I was gonna say, you know, like, but but but, uh, but, um, but he like he he designs his workouts so like it's you can just watch it and then go do it, um, or you can you know, I don't think you can follow along the the way you could in track. Yeah, so it's a little little extra challenge, but he says it's very technical. Yeah, you know, and like the right coach can make or break an athlete. You know, I like I like to tell people like, a coach can't give you confidence, but he can take it away. Mm. you know and so he's big on that like okay. like like helping people realize how good they are yeah mm-hmm. so what's your what's your go-to-market strategy how are we gonna get more users on carol totally make money man yeah that's a great question so so um you know we focus on trying to get the athletes on we call them pros because if you're getting paid for your for your knowledge you're a professional um or for what you do and so uh Basically, what what we do is we we want them to do video analysis for people. That's what we're pushing for. That that's the AI component, right? The AI component will allow people to like basically um, have some sort of like stick figure like pose estimation on top of whatever you're doing. Let's say I'm doing a long jump, right? Throughout the whole video, there will be like an estimation of all the angles that I'm hitting, right? And all the pro has to do is say, "Hey, look here, you you don't hit the right angle. Here, it was really good, um, and you know." Like you, you hold it only a little bit, but not long enough because your adductors aren't strong or whatever, right? They, they fill in the gaps that the video can't tell you. The video can only tell you what, but not why or how. Um, and that's where the pro comes in. And so that is like kind of rapid fire, really scalable. They can do it in 10 minutes. Okay. As opposed to like, um, like writing workout plans is a, super laborious on them because they, they actually take a lot of pride in it. And they don't want to. They don't want people doing things that are going to get them hurt, stuff like that. And so it takes them a while, so they charge a lot. But the video analysis they can do really quickly, you know, and touch a lot of people with that. And so that's that's what um, that's sort of like the feedback that we've gotten from users that they like. And so we're we're designing tools for that. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, developing your like AI models. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you must you must have a killer team to to be able to to yeah, to be in that field. Can you talk about you know? Who's who else is uh, on the team and definitely, uh, yeah. So so um, I'm not designing that stuff. That's <laughs> that's that's my co-founder Scott. Uh, 
Scott is um, he's a, a machine learning AI scientist, uh, PhD from Michigan. So shout out to those Michigan folks. Um, and he's also a runner. He, he does like um, half marathons all the time. So got it. Yeah. And so he does that. And then we also have, you know, a marketer, right? Like uh, our other co-founder, she's fantastic at what she does um, with social media marketing. Like, like um, she really focuses on organic growth. That's the way that we're going to blow up, like leveraging the, the markets that the athletes are already in rather than trying to create one, stuff like that. Um, Jackie, she's great. And we also went to high school together. So um, there you go. Yeah. We're like in first class was what geometry together so there we go yeah. Yeah, that's what's up no it's it's uh i mean ai is not a probably not a better time to be building in, in something in ai right um i consumer businesses are so are so tough right because it's it's um it's hard to get like just the, the feedback you need to, to move as quickly as possible totally um you know i think for the athletes out there who want to be entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. um how do you go think about feedback loops and what i mean by a feedback loop Mm -hmm. is you you bring something that you're ready to share with your users Mm -hmm. um don't know if it's going to work or not right and you have to as as important as the product is i feel like it's as important to design how you want to receive feedback for mm-hmm. the next version. Yeah, I thought I thought a lot about that. And there are different ways that we um, sort of try to collect feedback from our users. One, um, after every post, you can say like, useful, not useful, right? So over time, people will like be able to, you know, kind of go, what are the most useful topics? Like, you know, 67% of all users said that this, this workout was useful or whatever, right? I like that better than like thumbs up or thumbs down or like, um, like the emojis and stuff, because when people are looking for workouts, it's like, okay, like what, what's the, what's the best workout for, for my legs or whatever. You go to the most useful one, the one that the crowd has said that is the most useful. That's one step. Um, two, uh, you know, like we, we also have like user feedback, like chat like little chats that you can always chat sure, like, chat with the admin wine, or you can exactly suck man exactly <laughs> right and and like you know like uh, over time people will be able to rate their rate like all of the pros and stuff to be able to see you know like incentivize the pros to be five stars um but then also in the ai this is something that um yeah actually I'll, i can say it because by the time this is up the ai will be out and it'll be great but um but basically like the pros will be able to get feedback on the ai right okay. and so so, what, is that, what does that mean? Right. Let's break that down. Totally. It's called like labeling. Okay. Right? They'll be able to say whether it's right or wrong. They'll be able to say like where the right angle should have been. Okay. Uh, the ideal angle should have been. Stuff like that. Right? Because because right now there's an actual and then there's an ideal based upon what um, what science, the scientific consensus on what the ideal running poses are. But it's different per person. Right. And, and the pro can see that. And so the pro will be able to teach the AI what the ideal is and the AI will, will get an understanding based upon like maybe maybe like gender maybe based upon height maybe based upon like distance or or section of the sprint and all this type of stuff and so the pros will be able to teach it and so they're actually giving us feedback right when they give the when they give the um feedback to the like their user right their um subscriber who's basically sending them a video they're giving them feedback but they're really also giving us feedback hmm. have you ever you ever gotten feedback that conflicts with your ego like you ever yes. like user feedback or like it, let's say let's let's stay with track like mm-hmm. you what you don't find this useful like 
mean, you're not trying to get better, but like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Feedback, so you gotta like take totally. it seriously. The user, the user, they know what they like and what they don't like. They just don't know how to get there, right? And so you can't ask them like, oh, what do you need, right? You gotta just like present them something. And if they don't like it, that's just what it is. Yeah, you know, you can't you can't get emotional about it. But I definitely have gotten. I think I've done like over a hundred breakdowns, jump breakdowns at this point. Okay, of like athletes. Um, you know, some people have said like, I actually don't agree, and I'm like fair enough yeah you know, like like that's totally fair like i'm just giving you my opinion based upon what i see and what i know as an athlete and you know the kid was just like i don't agree i don't think i should hold my knee drive and i'm like okay all right man. <laughs> keep playing be in last place like you, man you, you know, know like i'll also think like maybe it's not a one size fits i mean mm-hmm. i don't know running technique i feel like mm-hmm. there's a pretty consensus way to go about you know so so it depends on what the goal is right um, so like, let's say if you're long jumping, um, there's, there's two different types of jumpers. There's a speed jumper and there's a power jumper. Speed jumpers are obviously very fast. Those are the guys who, who run like 10 ones and just are basically just keeping that speed on the runway. And there are like other guys who are kind of tall and strong, kind of like me, who are as a power jumper. Those are the hoopers. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the dudes that just like, they just bounce up and catch the alley-oops and stuff. They okay. go in the long jump and they, they fly right because they're a power jumper and like there's two different types of runs for them power jumper is long and powerful in in the beginning generating momentum but not like taxing their central nervous system such that by the time they get to their jump they're super tired as opposed to the sprinters are trying to get the frequency up as fast as possible towards the end because they can handle it their central nervous system just can't but they don't they're not going to get as high off the ground when they jump they're going to convert it all into like horizontal i know it's a lot what next level (laughs) it's a lot anyways like like but you can tell you can tell what who they are when you look at them right right and like like you could probably tell like a a long string being like super jumpy guy is is maybe not going to be the fastest down the court but they right. but they're gonna be up, like exactly yeah right that's actually a good point yeah mm-hmm. where yeah. do you uh where do you see yourself where do you see yourself in the company in the next five years man next five years um hopefully with some some sort of team usa uh affiliation yeah. whether it's world championships indoor outdoor pan am games or the olympics that's the real goal um you know would love to um and finally healthy now this season so like you know only thing stopping me back is right here like i see myself personally doing that and then also i see coral growing to a place where like where it's a place where athletes just know that they can get good content from a professional who knows what they're talking about like sort of a problem with youtube is like how do you know they're good does views mean it's the best video not necessarily when it yeah, comes so to track and curl you know they're going to be validated and exactly because um there's like badges or like hey team is a athlete like makes sense sure you know whatever um so so i see us being like a shot for that and also i see us being a shot for um just like like that quick feedback that people really like crave for and need like if you don't, if you just want you just had the best jump of your life, but it was a scratch, right? Your foot was over the line. How do I recreate that? I, that's all I want to know. I don't necessarily need to subscribe and like pay a monthly fee. I just want to know how do I, how, like, what did I do right here? Right. Right. I don't have a coach. What do I do? Go to Coro, send the video, you know, and you get feedback in a day. Wow. Right. Something like that. Really the dream is, is for somebody else to be on the Olympic podium. Right. And they get, the, they get their gold medal, let's say. And then they're like, I wouldn't have been here. But for Coral, because I would have had to do something else. But I was able to continue training, continue working, and helping people along the way and getting paid for that. And that that's why I'm here. That's like Damn. that's like the real dream. That is um that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome, man. 
Well, hey, man, I uh, you know wish you guys the best of luck, and I know you guys are going to do big things. It's been another great episode with my guy, Cam Van. All right. Appreciate um, you. You know, professional long jumper, uh, founder of Kuro. Uh, we are excited to see what goes next. Thanks again for joining me, man. Man, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that, please subscribe on Spotify or give us a like or a follow on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. You know where to find us, at Athletes and Assets.